from rock stars to, well, us. Our next guest makes everyone sound good. I'm Matt Mowry, editor of Business NH Magazine. And I'm Nathan Carroll, founder and president of Cardinal Consulting. And welcome to a special episode of BizCast NH. We are hanging out with Mike Clark. And you guys are rock stars, by the way. Well, you're the original rock star, yeah. I guess. No, I do a lot of podcasts, and you guys, I have to say, do a fantastic job. Thank you. Thank I mean, you, Mike. You're naturals. You know? So uh, for those listeners who um, may have forgotten or not heard Mike's name in a little while, Mike Clark is the man behind the sound. We are in his studio when Clark we record. Creative. Yep. Clark Creative here in Amherst. So when whenever we record, we are here. He is always... On the other side of the uh, of the wall, as it were, so we get to see him and all that. But we said, you know what, Mike? Why don't you come sit with us? Because we feel like at this point, maybe we know Mike enough that we can just ask him a whole bunch of questions you and dig can. into this and and find out what the heck's going on here when we're not here. Ask maybe, me you know? anything you want. Just all be right. nice, okay? Uh, we'll try. Yeah, we'll try. We'll try. <laughs> so, Mike, you were always the guy behind the microphone. So how how did you start off? Your I wanted careers? to be a rock star. You know, yeah. are you serious? Yeah, when I had like, you know, Led Zeppelin hair, nice. you know, late 70s, you know, I played bass in rock bands and, um, you know, uh, a new wave band in the 80s. And, you know, we started doing some recording and I was fascinated with it. And I was like, hmm, my hair's starting to thin out, but <laughs> maybe I won't be a rock star and actually make money recording music, you know? So I, I just loved the whole process of recording. So um, I started, you know interning at studios. I, I did some certifications. Mm. Um, those days, it was a little bit different the way you got into recording. Now, you, you know, you, they kind of want to see that piece of paper from a university or something like that. You know? oh, okay. In those days, you actually got an internship and learned from the engineers in the room. So it's kind of interesting, you know? Yeah. Now, the, the, the music, though, did that start in high school? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I started, you know, when I was probably 14 or 15 years old, playing bass guitar. That was my instrument when I played in bands. So. And what was it like when you told your folks, like, I'm going to try and make a go of this? Um, they were a little skeptical of it, you know, like every parent is, you know. Um, how, how are you going to make a living doing that, you know? Um, and, you know, it's funny, like, all my brothers did the same thing my dad did. They were um, machinists, so, mm-hmm. you know, and I was the only, I was the black sheep. You know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, he's going to do something in the arts. Good luck with that, yeah. you know. But, um, yeah, it, it, it turned out okay, you know. I'll I love my job. <clears throat> I'll say. So yeah. you, you have, um, obviously, well, obviously, a number of our guests have been here. All of our guests have been here, but um, our listeners haven't. So kind of um, describe what, what is happening in here. So there's, there's a, is there a sort of a purpose to the way that this space is built? Yeah, and, yeah. It's, you know, um, it, there's all kinds of angled walls in here. Yeah. And um, that's for the reason you don't get standing waves, because if you have a square space, the sound bounces right back, and Ooh. it kind of cancels the, the waveforms out. So mm-hmm. um, that's why we have all these angles in here, high ceilings. And, yep. you know, I've been in this building 38 years. 
Wow. And, and this is like, this is right here. Your house is next door. Yeah, which is great. And yeah. Yeah. You just roll out of bed and come and, you know. I love my commute. Yeah, you do. Walk by the flowers and, you know, <laughs> exactly. I'm in here. So. Exactly. I have to say, when most people here, you know, will you be on my podcast, which, you know, I think everyone gets an invitation now with mm-hmm. the amount of podcasts that are out there. Yeah. You know, but they, they think it's the living room setup that they're going to come to. So this, right. I have to say, delivers the wow factor every time. They're not expecting a professional recording studio. Well, and so it, they walk into this bar. Yeah, and it's kind of in Yeah, right, it, right. it looks like someplace you'd store your lawnmower from outside. <laughs> it does. You know? it, it and does. you walk in, it's like, wait a minute, there's all kinds of blinking lights and stuff in here. You yeah. Know? So. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it smells nice. Yeah. It's relaxing. Yeah. I love then... my space. Musicians love this space too. It's it's low key. Mm-hmm. It's you know, there's no one around. It's not like it's in you know. Um, a building with a bunch of other businesses. So, yeah. you know, there aren't people walking by or making noise or whatever. It's, you know, it's your space when you're here. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. like you say, you've been, you've had this for over 30 years, 35 yeah. years. Um, you know, when you first started building this, what made you think you can make a go of it? Because, I mean, it wasn't podcast back then. Like You've been recording musicians for a long time. Yeah. But, you know, most people wouldn't think, you know where there's a really happening music scene for recording? Amherst, New Hampshire. So why here and how, what did you do to make a go of it that you attracted musicians here? Yeah, well, I'm originally from Massachusetts and, you know, I I bought this house in Southern New Hampshire and I think it's a great location. I mean, it's close enough to the Boston, it's Mm -hmm. close enough to the city. I'm right in between Manchester and Nashua. So it's, you know, it's a great location. Um, But you know, it's funny. I I taught at a tech school, tech high school for four years, a Manchester uh, School of Technology, and the parents would always always ask me, like, is that is this a, a viable way of making a living? And I, you know, I always say, yeah, but te- I always tell the kids to be diverse. You know what I mean? Don't think you're going to be sitting in front of a computer recording hip hop beats all day. Learn how to do live sound. Learn how to do podcasts. Learn how to do audio for video. Mm. And that's how you kind of make it work. You know. Um, you have to know everything has audio. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, you can do sound for film. You can do, you know, it's not just recording music. So, so what do you do? What, what is the different ways you've diversified your business? Um, geez, I've done it all in audio. You know, I've done theater. I've done, you know, I, I do podcasts. I do content for YouTube. Um, I like, I love running live sound. I don't necessarily like the logistics of it. Like mm. I'm getting a little old to carry speakers around, but, you um, know. oh yeah. No. <laughs> you even do things for the local schools, I right? I do. I love, I, I did a show up at, um, the cooperative middle school up in Stratum last night. As a matter of fact, I did their, their big year end recital. I love working with the kids and, you know, I work at Manchester community music school. Um, I've worked there 10 years. So I, you know. I work with all the kids there and, you know, a lot of local high schools. I've been around a while, so all, you know, all the music people know me and I know them. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of, speaking yeah. of all the music people. Um, yeah, let's name and not drop. To, yeah, not to put like, you know, people in, in, in a, on a list or in a line here, but like, who would you say is the coolest person you've had? A musician or otherwise in this studio or the most memorable we well say it's funny we were having this conversation because you're going to see mccartney tomorrow night I and am. abe laboreal jr who the drums for paul mccartney mm-hmm. recorded here when he was going to berkeley no way yeah he came up um there's this great um female saxophonist her name's mindy abear i think she got signed to blue note she's fantastic but he they came up to do a demo here and he happened to be the drummer 
<laughs> yeah, and it was funny because he came in, and he's a very large guy, you know, and he, and he brought a drum kit in, and it was like, it looked like he bought it at a yard sale on the way here. It was like, <laughs> you know, nothing matching like that drum kit. Yep, all, yep. All, the, all the toms were different colors and everything. It was like, oh, man, this is going to be a long day. And, you know, obviously he set up, and he was amazing. Um, and then actually the next time I saw him, I put on it. I put on the uh, McCartney back in the USA DVD, and mm-hmm. he's drumming for McCartney. I was like, holy moly, I guess he got a pretty good gig. <laughs> so, that's you know, awesome. that's actually my, I have another connection to the Beatles. Mm. One of my really good clients, his name's Ed Motto. He lives in Lineborough. He played on, on John all John Lennon's solo records and toured with him. Oh, wow. He lives right in Lineborough. <laughs> so I, I kind of have two connections to the Beatles, which yeah, is do. weird. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing some of the talent that you've worked with. Can you give us, I, I mean, I, I know we're not supposed to name drop, but you, but when are. you do, you have worked with some fascinating people. So tell us a couple more of your more well known clients. Well, I, I just did some tracks for uh, Noel Paul Stuckey from Peter Paul and Mary, his, his last record that he just put out, I think a month ago it came out. And he's, he's an amazing guy. He's like 84 years old and he still sings and plays amazing. Nice. You know, think about it, 85 years old and yeah. he's making records, that's incredible. That's crazy. Yeah. How do they find you, though? I mean, you know, the the, the, the drummer and, and um, it's, uh, you know, it's... Are you like, I mean, it's just that sort of industry and that sort of yeah, that world I, that you're in? I've or? been around a long time, yeah. you know. And I, you know, I played in the Boston music scene for mm-hmm. years um, in the 80s. You know, got to play with some great bands. We played with the Ramones. We played with Jane's Addiction, oh The God. Jam. Cool. Yeah, so what kind know. of places did you play in Boston? Oh, remember? this is this is the golden age of yeah. music in Boston. The Rat Scholar, the Channel, <laughs> Bun Ratties, oh my you God. know, Jacks, yep. uh, TT the Bears, mm-hmm. you know, all all like the you know, that that's when you could go I played in an original music band, which is, you know, kind of rare nowadays. Mm. But you could play every night. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. we worked for a company called Pretty Poly Productions, which was the big agency in Boston. So mm-hmm. um and you know, you met, I met through people through there, and I've been doing it such a long time. It's like, if you need audio, call the guy up the street. You know, <laughs> call up Mike. So I want to go back a little bit to your band days without, you know, <laughs> risking arrest or anything. Yeah, yeah. What's one of your... I was young. I needed the money. That's okay. right. What's yeah. one of your yeah, best road stories? Oh, boy. Um, geez, I don't know. Actually, the funnier ones are probably when I was playing in bands, you know, around high school years. It did a lot of like Spinal Tap stuff, like getting lost in schools, trying to find the stage or, you know, they bill you as this, you know, this group that has, you know, they, you play in glass cages and you, you show up and it's like, what are they talking about? You know, so like weird <laughs> stuff like that. It's, it's a, you know, playing in bands is a weird thing. You encounter all kinds of strange, strange situations, no doubt. You Do you know? ever have a... Um do you ever have a rider with like really weird stuff in it? 
or like put, no, no no okay no we never we were never that level yeah. that rider. <laughs> not that yeah. cool well yeah. maybe you were just too cool i aspire know. one day to be able to have a rider because let me tell you there's going to be some yeah. really strange stuff all in purple m&ms only right yeah yeah we had a guy that worked for capron sound he ran sound for us in the 80s and oh, yeah. um he he showed me the rider for the police for sting oh my it God. was like 300 pages you know he had to have certain food mm-hmm. and like obviously the dimensions of the stage have to be a certain thing but it was you know pretty you know all vegetarian food you know for him and all this stuff it was pretty wild you huh. know rock stars <laughs> oh yeah yeah well and i think it's funny i remember like when i was in college booking you know musical acts for college and things like that and you read yeah. these writers and it's like i think they just put some of this stuff in here so they just kn- to be goofy well just to be goofy and yeah. so like they know that you actually read the writer so they show up and there are a thousand blue m&ms yeah. right, you know exactly. on the left side of the yeah. table that's six by six yeah. or whatever, i think that's a van know? halen thing isn't it with i don't the, know with the m&ms no brown know. m&ms or something yeah yeah, yeah. i just yeah. remember weird stuff yeah. It's really obvious when we talk to you. You just have such a passion for music. Love it. When did that start developing? And, mm. and when did you know, like, this needs to be my life? Thank God for Matt. He asks all the good questions. He does. Yeah. He? Me and you were just like, yeah, we're just a couple of schlubs over here. Over, yeah. you know, Matt grounds us. You know, someone has <laughs> Thank to. You, Matt. Thank you. That's possible. Now answer the question, Mike. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I started listening to music when I was really young. I remember my parents having, like, one of those big upright record players, oh, you yeah. know, with the big speakers. It's like, it was like a giant cabinet. And, um, you know, what was the one of the first records I used to love? Um, Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. I know that's a oh. weird thing to listen to. Whipped Cream and Other Delights. I don't know if you know that yeah. record. I, know. I, I was obsessed with that record. I just used to listen to it over and over again. And, um, you know, I had older brothers and sisters. So, you know, they, they were introducing me to the 45s, you know, like Tommy James and the Sean Dells. And th- I'm old, okay? <laughs> I mean, come <laughs> you on. You know, you'd stack up the 45s on their Three Dog Night and, you know, uh, Steppenwolf and all those bands, you know. Good music. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, it's, and it's still popular. It's, yeah. it's weird. Like, um, stands the test of time. It does, you mm-hmm. know, and all these tribute bands that are out now. It's like, isn't anyone listening to new music anymore? <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> Eagles tribute bands and chicago tribute bands and you know it's like a big thing now yeah. you know um let's dig in for a second to uh family you mentioned you had some older brothers um yep. and i have an you... older brother and an old sister actually my brother's dead but um he died a few years ago yeah yeah and, and um, you're married and you, you have kids adult i do kids? have three like, yeah nice yeah my youngest is um 34 there you go. You're not old, though. Yeah. You're not old. And he does the same thing I do. He went oh. to recording school. He's right a on. fantastic musician. Are they still in the he region? Grew up, yeah, he lives in Boston. Oh, right on. Yeah. And, um, you know, he grew up in the recording studio, so he he, he uh, can play every instrument yeah. in here. He blows me away, cool. you know? Cool. It doesn't quite blow me away on the mixing part yet, but he will. <laughs> <laughs> Learning from dad. Yeah. Hey, um, there's in the corner, we, maybe we'll take some pictures for our, our listeners, too, but yeah. in the corner is this sort of, like, really furry-looking booth. Um, what is that? Um, I mostly use it for voiceover stuff. Oh, okay. For a couple, okay. for a couple summers, I was doing books for Amazon, oh. and um, they'd have these theater people. Like this one old guy used to come in. He was great too. Um, you know, he did summer stock in Peterborough. He was an actor. Oh, nice. And he would come in and read books for Amazon. They were most of them were murder mysteries, which is <laughs> what an incredible skill this guy. I mean, you know, he would do like. 
20 different voices and have to remember all the certain way he did these voices through a whole book. I don't know how he did it. That's, that is but I would amazing. stick wow. them in that because when you, you know, for any voiceover stuff or mm-hmm. things like that, they want no ambience at all. There's a mm-hmm. little bit of ambience in this room, not too much, but I would stick it. So I mostly use it for voiceover stuff. Or if I'm doing a live band here, I'll throw a guitar amp in there. Just isolate it, keep it out of the drums. Uh, so okay. that's that's okay. what that's for. I yeah. should stick you guys in there. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should. Yeah, that would be comfy, wouldn't it? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Do an entire episode crammed into in the, the booth. booth. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. So I mean, you, you, like you say, you, you record a lot of podcasts. So aside from us, I mean, what are some of the more interesting podcasts that, as you're recording, you get sucked into? I mean, it's amazing. Some of the different. What he topics means is are. all the other ones are slightly less interesting. <laughs> but what are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did one for a long time oh with the local chiropractor, and she actually had me as a co-host, oh. which is, uh, I didn't understand that, but, you know. He's got dulcet tones, too, right, man? Oh, yeah. very much so. I'm yeah. very intimidated. Yeah, yeah. But, very um, intimidated. yeah so, you know, it's, I, I did one for a martial arts company, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a, a few doctors. Cool. Can, can you do um, one for pilots, I was going right? to say, can you I talk do, about yeah. the pilot one? Yeah, the pilotworkshop.com. They're, what an amazing site. The, you know, it's basically a pay site. And it's all information for pilots, mm. you know. Um, so what they do is they fly all these rock star pilots in here um, every few months, and they they do scenario based things like, what do you do if your landing gear doesn't come down? Mm. Things like that. Then they have one expert response, and they do a roundtable discussion on it. So I do all their audio for their their company. It's a great company too, and they do really well. They do a good job at it. So to that end about this sort of, you know, doing their audio and all that, I mean, you, we, we sort of joke, but we're very serious in saying that like sort of you are the magic behind the podcast because we can, you know, trip over our own lips and stuff and you can, you know, take it out, fix it, you know, all level things out. I don't know even how, so when you're editing, I mean, obviously you're clipping things out that that aren't aren't um, that are a flub or something like that. But what else are you doing to to kind of get this to the final version that our Com- listeners hear, for example? Compression, EQ, you know, things to you know, because one person obviously talks louder than the other, so uh, you try to balance me, them out. Maybe level. sometimes, sorry, you know, in <laughs> cutting out all the noise and things like that, which also is much me. easier to do with the modern recording. I mean, when I got out of recording school editing was with a razor blade we oh cut the God. tape I, you know it's so it's it, the technology's come a long way in this wow. business you know right. well because now it's like it's well it's obviously all electronic and it's all, all digital. digital yeah um, yeah and is it that each of the mics that we see sort of have their own what feed or yeah their can, own track they're yeah. called tracks okay. yeah so each one of you guys is on a separate track and you know we just edit it up that's how he gets rid take, of this take out the nonsense <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I, why I you never want to hear leave that my, in, but yeah, you guys you make can me leave take that it out. I will hear that in my nightmares. Yeah, <laughs> you, will, you will. Yeah. See, it's all coming out now. I'm already scared. I know. I know. Oh my gosh, this is so. Well, this is fun because we've been we've been sort of saying for the longest time that oh, we need to have Mike on. We need to have Mike because you're a small business. Because yeah, you are a small a business, small business yeah. owner here in New Hampshire, and it yeah. makes sense. And you're saving our butts every every month. Oh, we have a great know? time doing we do. this stuff. It's we uh, do. I'd love when you guys come to the studio. You know. Well, and we uh, love it too because I'm like not you dealing said, with it's... musicians. The musicians are sometimes can be overly fragile. You know, <laughs> you don't find me overly fragile. No, not at all. Okay, thank you. Thank you. 
goodness. Maybe mad a little bit. But yeah, he, you know, he can be sensitive, but that's yeah. okay. Just some hand-holding. I prefer Diva. Thank you. That's there fine. You Devo. That's fine. The male plural. Oh, yeah. I get my fill Divas, too. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I'm looking, as I do every episode, look into your sort of room there, your control room or whatever we want to call that yeah, space. Yeah, that's exactly what um, it is. How has that changed over the years? Oh my God! Like, <laughs> there used to be giant equipment, you know, and um, you know, because we we'd have like a physical tape machine, a giant tape machine with a giant mixer, and every what what's called plugins mm-hmm. that you know the compressors, the reverbs, all that stuff were actually physical rack units. So you'd have racks and racks of equipment. Everything is what what's called in the box now. In other mm. words, you know, I mean, some people still have a lot of analog gear around, but. I, I mix pretty much primarily out of the box now. So everything's, you know, computerized. Everything's small. Yeah. You know, yeah. I used to have a mixer in there that took up half the room. It oh was like God. almost the whole length of the room, you know. Yikes. But um, I, I don't miss the analog tape at all. I know, you know, this is <clears throat> romantic notion. Like oh. the kids I teach, like, oh, I'm going to open a studio and go back to analog tape. And it's like, no, you're not. you've never touched a piece of it. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. You have to calibrate. You'll be using that razor blade for other things. Oh, you have to calibrate Jesus. the tape machine before every session. That's what, oh. that's what I did when I was an intern at Blue Jay. You know, you put on a, a tape of test tones and you pull the card out. There's 24 cards and then you have to adjust every frequency on, oh, the, on the card. my God, no. Yeah, no. and it slips out of sync. You know right. what I mean? So you have to do it so... And that's machine's just, consistent. That's all just time. all a, lo- a lost art now, basically, right? With uh, everything going digital? It's or? completely lo- lost art. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, well, and it's funny because it's like a lost art that maybe has indeed made things easier or, and do you feel like, I mean, well, quality is better, sound quality as well? It, well, it is. It's, it's kind of an interesting phenomenon in the music industry right now because we're, we're making the best recordings in history right now, oh. but the delivery system is extremely flawed. Oh, oh. so yeah. tell us more, tell us more. Uh, well, people listen to MP3s in their phone. So an MP3 is a compressed codec. So it takes a lot of the frequency out of the recording. Oh. And, you know, when we used to listen to compact discs or records, you're getting a little more full spectrum recording, mm-hmm. you know. But it's all, everything's compressed now. So it's, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's it, weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. And but it's the- certainly not something that's you know, coming back. As it it isn't, you know, because, it, you know, I, I'm just as guilty of it. I'm, I make the records, but I listen to them on my phone yeah. with earbuds. You right. know, it's con- it's a convenience thing, mm-hmm. right? You know, you have Apple Music, you have access to every record ever made yeah. in history right. in my hand. It's incredible. Right. So why would <laughs> you, know? you, yeah, why would you yeah. listen to it anywhere else? Right. right. And with that incredible change in technology, it's put the ability to be your own recording studio no in people's hands. So what does that mean to you in your business model? Have you had to evolve and change in any way? Well, you know, it's funny. A lot of people ask me that, that, you know, they're like, why do you teach people how to record? That's a conflict of interest. They're going to buy a laptop and do their recording. <laughs> but I think what happens is most musicians buy their little home recording setup and they realize this isn't that fun. You know what I mean? Plus Mm. it takes away from the time of, you know, them working on their instruments or writing their music. You know, all of a sudden you're worried about uh, gain staging and compression. Am I using the right reverb? Am I using the... So um, I love people that have home recording studios. I think, you know, they have a better dialogue with me when they come in here. And usually you you wind up going back to a real engineer after a while. But yes, I mean, it's changed the industry drastically. I mean, 
when I first started recording, we used to record at a studio in Rhode Island called Normandy. I think we were paying $250 an hour for recording time. Oh, my gosh. You're lucky if you can get 50 to $70 now. Wow. You know, because the equipment is, it doesn't cost them that much money anymore. Right. You know, in, in the day, just a tape machine, just your tape machine, no mixer or anything, was forty-five dollars to $50,000 just for the oh tape machine. <laughs> so you could, there weren't that many studios that you could get a professional recording out of. You mm-hmm. had to go to these places that cost a lot of money to record. Yeah. Now you could, I mean, Billie Eilish made, made her first record in her bedroom At with home, her brother. Yeah, right? Yeah, and won five Grammys. You know, so Gosh. that's how much it's changed. It's turned into a DIY yeah. sort of industry. Well, like when we when we were planning and starting the podcast, we knew right away. We said we want sound quality and, yep. and just the the quality of the whole production to be top notch, right? Yeah. And we for a while though were like, well, because I'm up north and Matt was you know closer to the sea coast, and where would our how would our guests and all this. And we almost went to, you know, that sort of digital, like, record at home and then, like, give Mike the file and he can fix it up. But we've also learned um, there was a time, I think, that Matt was was sick and we did a a recording in um, through Skype. And it's just, like, absolute night and day. And it sounds like trash when it's not done in a way like this. And and so we were, like, always top-notch, has to be done. In studio, and I'm so glad we we went this way for well, a whole host of reasons. But yeah, because it's it just it's great for your guests too. That it's a vibe. Yeah. They, get a, they get a vibe well, coming into a room. They're in a studio. It. That's and just it's, it. You know, it's it's there the is, whole thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 When they come in, right? Because they come in and they're almost having an experience. Sure. By absolutely. walking through your door, yeah. and seeing this really comfortable area, and sort of smelling how it, you know, it smells yeah. nice and it looks nice and the lighting's great. And then yeah. they come in here and they do the ooh ah and they sit down and they and it is and it's experience and yeah. like. We're feeding off of energy sure. and having a good time, sure. and um, so it's you know it's yeah. a lot more than just you guys made the right come decision. in, bang we it out, absolutely. You know. <laughs> yes, we did. No, there's no, there's absolutely no question that we that we did because mm-hmm. it's just um, that's the way it needs you know it needed to be done, and yeah. and you can like I said, you can also make and some you guys magic don't have to worry it. about gain staging and well, yeah, because I don't know what the hell stuff. that is. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, there you and, go. Well, and that's just it. Like I I downloaded a. a I don't even know. It's like a free audio. Audacity. Uh, yeah. You know what? I think it might be. Of course. Um, Audacity. And yeah. I downloaded that because I just wanted to like clip something out of a file mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. And do you know how long it took me to clip that one thing out of that file? I almost called you, but I was like, it took me at least 45 minutes. And it was like a, I don't know, minute and a half a uh, little clip well, that we wanted to send somebody to somebody. You would learn it after a while. I would, yeah. but at the same time, I'm like, I do it I'm every day so, for ten hours a so day. Glad so glad that we yeah. don't have to do this. Yeah, that we yeah. just come in and we just you know throw up and well, these you guys have your, your, your own job good. to do. I yeah. mean, you, you have to Got a couple other things going on. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's, you guys do a lot of prep for your cast. You know, we do, yeah. and it shows. Yeah, well, and we we want to make sure that we not only know the or we we know what to ask the guests so that we have a really quality interview and, yeah. and that yeah. they have a good time and that they feel like, oh, they really, you know, that we care, that we want to know, that we want to feature them in that best light, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. I so. love podcasting though. It's, it's super fun. And, you know, since you do like to share and be the, some of the secrets, cause you're so good that, uh, you don't have to worry about it. Um, what are some of the biggest, you know, so many people are doing podcasts now. So yes. what are some of the biggest mistakes people make around them? Um, well, 
pro- the, starting with the content, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, you know, yeah. it's all over the place, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, you have to have some sort of focus, but you want it conversational. It's, I think it's a certain art to it, to do it right. As far as the technical part of it, you know, people, um, first of all, they'll do it in their kitchen or something like that where it's yeah. echoey. You want a dead space, you know what I mean? Mm. If you notice, if you listen to these, it's they're really tight. And, yeah. You know, sounds NPR-ish, you yeah. know, so... Um, those are the two main things, you know, but it all starts with the content. You know? Well, I remember you saying that to us in the beginning that like we had sort of infinite, unlimited, you know, opportunity for content because there's right. always going to be more stories to tell in New Hampshire on business. Right. And it's not just like we have a, you know, we want to talk about something fun and have a few ideas. And, yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you yeah, know. Yeah, because I've, I've done, done podcasts with companies that, you know, they make one specific thing and. Boy, you know, after you two episodes, what, so you know, long. right? That's what I'm talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you guys have all kinds of different people that come in here, and it's you know, I find it fascinating. You know, you get some really cool guests, and like the last guy that came in, we got to drive his Porsche, which was amazing. Oh, and we're not going to tell so you who that was, <laughs> but we definitely got to drive a Porsche, an electric one. Yeah, that was wild. It yes, was. it was. Yeah, it was. It was and well, pickup. And yeah. it, it does have. It has you know, just a little bit of pickup. Yeah, we have. Like I mean, we've had pickups. you know what samples and snacks <laughs> and drinks and some and amazing guests that yeah. are just like, here's our product. You yeah. know, try it. it. So, so fun. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. So, thirty five years. You know, as and you're far from the end of your career, obviously. No, but I, as you look back, I'm going to die in that chair in there. Oh my god! Yeah. If we come in one today. day, Mike, and you are <laughs> in that chair and you are a different color, you're yeah. in trouble. Yeah. Well, big trouble. So we leave look. In, you're going to be in big trouble. You uh, well, won't know how to. I was going to say, it. leave a message. Leave it like our your son's number, so we can call him and be like, <laughs> like uh, number one, thanks dad's for the dead sympathy in the chair, there. The, and number two, we yeah. need you to help. Thanks us out. for caring, Nathan. I okay. care deeply about you, Mike. I won't deeply. wait to call your son. I'll just call nine one one. I Th- promise. Oh. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Is that the order in which we do things that's now? So, that's so Matt, though, isn't it? I mean, I guess I'd go to the house and see if your wife was was around. She wouldn't care either. Maybe the dog. Tell me the guy to take out the trash. So but as you look after, you know, these 35 years career you've had of yeah. this business, what makes you have a sense of fulfillment and, and keeps you going? It's always something to learn, you know, and I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge people person and I get to deal, like see someone new every day and all these different personalities. And it's, you know, when uh, I always say that to the, when I have the kids in and I'm teaching them, I can always tell who might do good at this job do well at this job, I should say. Um, it's the, you know, cause I usually have like a sample band, I'll have a band come in and the kids record them. Uh, it's usually the kids that interact with the band. I know they'll be better at it because you have to really sort of corral a band. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to make them feel comfortable. You're recording their music. It's their baby. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So you have to, it's more really about, I can teach anyone to push the buttons. Mm-hmm. Really, I can, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's about, you know, corralling the artist, you know, get, getting some sort of cadence set up for the recording process, you know, not being afraid to talk to them about things. So cool. it's, it's really a big people business. It really is. Yeah. You know? No for doubt sure. about it. For sure. Yeah. Well, this is fun, man. It I'm, is fun. I'm, I'm glad you got to sit on this side of the wall. Yeah. And you, um, you didn't ask me what's the weirdest thing I've ever done in recording. Oh, well, now we are. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, Mike, what's the weirdest thing, ever, thing <laughs> I, you've ever done I wor- recording? I worked for an oh MMA company for a couple of years. Is that mixed martial arts? Yeah. Okay. I, it, called, it was called Global Fight League. And I would go there and mic up the octagon and, and record the whole thing and do their broadcast for it. 
Oh, it was, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I was, wor- I was worried about getting blood all over my say, microphone. Did you have to That's edit disgusting. blood splatter sound well, effects? Yeah. Well, right. they used to call me when I was doing the post on it, and they said, can you make those hits sound more like a baseball bat hitting a side of meat? So oh I had some low end well, to it. And that's like, so funny. I was just going to ask you if you ever had to do, like, effects. You get, like, a pork loin and whack it with a baseball yeah, that's, bat. That's what they, they're like, can you, you know, can you compress that and add a little low end so it sounds more violent? I was okay. like, okay. <laughs> sure I can. Yeah, so that, that was kind of, you know, we'd go to these big arenas and, like, it was wild. And I, it was, I used to bring, every time I would bring one of my friends with me and they were horrified by the whole scene. Oh, God. Because it's violent. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to one of those things. but No, thankfully. It's like modern gladiators, <laughs> you know. Jesus. But, um, yeah, that was an interesting audio job. <laughs> Is there anything else you need to tell us today? No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, because we have more podcasts to take. So. I know, we there do. You go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for putting me on this side of the, the Thank glass. You. Thanks, for, thanks for coming through the door. Mike yeah. Clark is owner of Clark Creative here in Amherst. Thank you so much for chatting. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the stories and information you heard on today's podcast, find more by subscribing to Business NH Magazine or visiting businessnhmagazine.com. Check out the Cardinal blog and learn about our services at cardinalconsultingnh.com. We're on social at Cardinal Consulting NH. I'm Matt Mowry. And I'm Nathan Carroll. BizCast NH is a joint production of Business New Hampshire Magazine and Cardinal Consulting. <laughs>